Fitness Pro Mentor community, what is going on? It's Glenn and I. We're here, the Minds on a Muscle show. And today, I'm really excited. We're going to be talking about your story and updating you on a couple cool things that are going on behind the scenes. But first, Glenn, how are you doing today, sir? Life is good. Feeling energized. It's summertime here in uh, Toronto. We've had beautiful weather, and anytime the weather is nice, I feel like everyone around here is a lot more happy and positive. Amen to that. Yeah, so I'm feeling really, really good. Things are going well with business. Things are going well at home with the gardening and all that kind of stuff. I'm really good, Brandon. What about you? How's everything on you right now that you're back from Portugal? Yeah, yeah, you're going back from Portugal. Yeah, no, it's good. Craziness. Uh, my son starts soccer uh, tomorrow oh. night, which is crazy. My wife just started playing soccer again on Sunday night. And summer weather. I mean, being outside as much as possible in Canada is a huge win. So loving that for sure. Yeah. The old joke is that sometimes we get four seasons in a day, right? We'll have like, I remember that we had like negative five one week and then 48 hours later it was 25 degrees and sunny. It was bizarre, but here we are. It's crazy. Portugal. Portugal. Give you guys a quick update. So I went to Portugal, spoke at EXS. You guys are interested. I did a whole episode on that. We talked about speaking internationally and the things that led to that. Uh, in a in a nutshell for everyone, it was a very cool opportunity. I would encourage everyone that's a fitness professional to check out the EXS Exercise School. Hugo Manes and his entire team, Roy Fortuna and Pedro, I can't remember his last name. They have an incredible company over there. Uh, I was there with Jacques H. Newell Taylor and truthfully, the sense of community they have over there, I've never seen a biomechanics nerdy community, anything like it. I mean, the one presentation I did in the Congress was 300 people, and they were all people that were there listening to PhDs and biomechanics and neurophysiology nerds, which is crazy. I don't think that would even be, that would ever happen in Canada or the USA to that same level of magnitude and specificity. It was crazy. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I remember when... One of my first four ways into this kind of world was RTS, and I did the one, two, three weekend courses, and it was cool because I got to meet other people who I think were growth-minded in the terms of wanting to learn more, deeper exercise, not being just content with here sets and reps and all that kind of stuff, but like what actually makes up the composition of an exercise and the thought process. And then from there, I, I, I had learned a, a different coursework called MAT. I don't use it anymore. Um, we've moved on to a, a other things that I think are more efficient, in my opinion. But again, around another group of people who want to learn and take things to another level. And then now I get to be a part of the Strata community, the FPM community, where we get to be surrounded by other like-minded people who want to learn marketing, learn biomechanics. And there is something, after listening to you speak about Portugal, that hit me and resonated with me, which is, you know, I'd like to make more time for myself to be out in some different communities and be at some different conferences and events, even going to every year, I think, is it, is it this, I think, uh, well, we did something for the CPTN last year, but the big one seems to be the one that's held by Good Life every year in downtown. I I think it's held by Good Life. I can't remember. The CanFit Pro. CanFit Pro. That's when it's huge, right? It's big here. Uh, And, you know, regardless of of who you are, people all in the fitness community kind of go to those kind of things. And I think that even though I'm not sure what I would learn there, because I think I get a lot of what I need to learn from you know, being a part of our study groups here and hearing you and Taylor and everyone else talk about stuff, I think going there and just being a part of that movement in that community would be really, really cool. So I love that there was all these people together that were all like-minded because then you get to, yeah, I guess the, 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 the phrase that comes to my mind, and I'll, I'll end on that note, is you will, your friends will know you better in the first minute of meeting you than your acquaintances will know you in a lifetime. So when you meet people who you just have very similar worldviews with and narratives to, you can't help but feel like you've known them your entire life. And I think that really feeds well into what we're going to be talking about today, which is going to be what kind of narrative do you have for yourself 
as a fitness professional and how does that end up playing out in your story of your life and how you act day to day and all the different activities that you do in and around your business. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And quickly before we jump into that, I want to kind of announce something for everyone that's listening. So the Fitness Pro Mentorship is kind of our ongoing program. And we have this cycle that we do when people first start with us. And then we often move on to a low cost, easy to maintain, but supported by growth consulting relationship, which I absolutely love that we call our leadership program. But one of the things that we're doing now that I'm really excited is I want to make sure one of the things that we have with students is they get so busy that they sometimes miss small details of things that we recommend that really help with growing their business. So one of the things I'm really excited to announce every month with our mentorship, if you decide to join our program, you're getting the exact copy of the lead magnet that we use in our business for you to copy, edit, and modify, along with a copy of the cover photos and how we actually organize the copy for that, and along with the email that we send to everyone in our ecosystem to try and send that lead magnet out and actually work on getting more referrals within our network. A very organic, smooth way of doing it. I'm really excited about it. But come back to Glenn. The thing you said about education mm -hmm. and meeting people, you know, it's really interesting about the story thing because I'm very good friends, I would say, with Curtis Clay, Johnny Cook, mm -hmm. Michelle Amore, uh, Charlie McMillan, like a few of these people I get along with really, really well and have become really, really good friends. And I've only seen some of them a couple dozen times in person. And I think about Curtis, for example, around the same age as me. When we chat, we have very similar stories from our childhood, different worlds, but very similar childhood stories, very similar ambitions, very similar way of thinking things. And it's funny to me that somehow our stories are so close to the same that when we talk, we just have a good, a good connection and can move forward pretty easily. And it's very interesting because the courses you're talking about, like we've taken the RTS Mastery, we have in the past taken the MAT stuff, we're no longer taking that stuff, Greg Max MSS stuff, some of the courses I've created, it draws very progressive thinkers to the world. And because if you're a progressive thinker and they're a progressive thinker, it makes it very easy to connect, which is super fascinating. I love it. Yeah, and I, I think that that's where understanding your narrative and kind of what makes you you and how, you, how your previous experience has shaped you to be who you are today really allows you to take back some of that power, perhaps. Because I think we all have moments in our lives. I certainly have had a lot of these myself. Uh, but uh, when I was less and less aware of who I was and how I became to be, it was a lot easier to get caught up in, uh, to use the very loose term, pity parties for myself or to let myself get down for longer periods of time and not take action. And that's openly one of the things that I think a lot of people struggle with, both you know, inside our program and, and out in the world, is when they don't feel good, how do they continue taking action? What happens next? And I think a lot of times this comes down to how do you see yourself? Because if you see yourself as somebody who... Um, um, who, who doesn't have as much control, when those bad things happen to you, you tend to wallow in them longer and you end up stopping yourself. We've talked about this before on other episodes. If you think about where you are in your career right now until the day you want to retire, you have X amount of time. And the longer that lag period between when something good, something bad sorry happens to you and uh, the time it takes you to pull yourself out of that rut, if that's a long time, you're losing days, weeks, hours towards becoming who you want to be and having the business that you want. And if that goes unchecked for a long enough period of time, those hours turn to days, days turn to weeks, weeks turn to months, months turn to years. And we all know people who have 
felt so bad for themselves all the time that they're in their 40s or their 50s and they aren't, their life doesn't look anywhere near what they want it to. And then I look at other people like myself and you where we had these things that happened to us where we could have allowed ourselves to get down, but we didn't. We moved forward. And for me, the best example, and then I'll turn it over to you because I know you got something to say. For me, the best example is uh, struggling sometimes with like money and finances, right? We had something go around here two weeks ago in terms of an illness or a sickness. And my schedule went from 28 hours that week down to 19 or 20 because a whole bunch of my two-time-a-week people stayed in. A couple of my one-time-a-week people stayed in. A couple of my half-hours all stayed in because they were all sick. I had family members that were sick. And you get in that place of, what am I going to do next? And I, I was there for a brief moment, for like maybe, maybe half an hour. And then I had this thought where I'm like, you know what? I've got this time. Why don't I get started on creating some actions that are going to lead me to have more clients come into my system? Started work on the shoulder presentation we're doing next week at one of our uh, allied professionals. And this week, everyone's back. I'm back to like my full 28-hour week. And then I know that by this presentation, I have even more people come in. I've got the people waiting in the wings. So a lot of these things are temporary. But what I'm trying to say is that if I had that pity party, I could have let that carry over to my entire week. Of course, and then my yeah. client sessions are compromised. My well-being is compromised. The people that I'm surrounded with are getting compromised. And I have this effect on everyone. But I didn't let myself have that. And because of that, I took some different actions, and now I feel way better after taking those actions, even just that one day. So there's something to be said about taking those actions and, and how it affects your narrative, so to speak. I think taking those actions, like you're saying, is just such a critical part. Mm -hmm. Because if you, I mean, anyone that's listening to this, think about something that you want. Let's say it's your business, right? Let's say you want, maybe you're making $50,000 a year, and you want to make $100,000 a year. If you know you have... $50,000 a year now, and you want to make $100,000 a year. What do you need to do to get to that doubling your revenue point? Is it a number of clients? Is it an increasing your rates? Is it an alternative revenue stream? Is it, what is it? Make sure you think of what this thing is. And then if I say, okay, great, you need to get 20 new clients in the next three months. Let's say it's 21. Make it easy. And we say in three months, that's seven clients per month. And I say, great, how are you going to get seven clients per month? Well, you've got a series of options that you can do organically. You can go and talk to people. You can ask for referrals. You can do X, Y, and Z things. But let's say for whatever reason, I say, hey, you should do cold calling just for, the, just for this exercise. I want you to call 100 people each month, and hopefully we get a 7% turnover so you get seven new clients per month. How many of you, if I said call 100 people per month, 25 people per week to try and make a connection, make an offer, give them genuine value, and see if you can get them to come in to be a client, how many of you would say, I can't do that? I don't like how that feels. That's weird. It feels like sales to me. Immediately, we have this, uh, this barrier that we have in front of us, that the tape of sales is right there, right? This idea that this is sales. I don't like it. I feel like I'll be invading someone's space and I might get rejected. That's fine and very important to recognize, but that's a story that you've told yourself from things that you've experienced and learned in the past. That story that you might be telling yourself right now and still disagreeing me as I'm going down this point is the very thing that's limiting you from getting those seven clients, those 21 clients in three months, and ultimately taking your career from $50,000 a year to $100,000 a year. Right? If I reversed this and someone sat across from you and said, I have a $50,000 check and all you got to do is call 300 people, would you do it? I mean, I certainly would. And so this is what's very important is that we set up, uh, set up these barriers of how we see things, we've experienced things, we've heard things, both consciously and subconsciously, that limit us from our success. And then we stack it on top of our emotions, our feelings. 
and our bad experiences as children and our good experiences as children and however deep you want to go. Here's the reason why I say this. If we rationally know I have to hit this marker for me, I need to make $50,000 a year more. I need to make a million dollars a year. You pick your thing if you've got an actual direction to get there. And someone tells you the steps to get there and you go, I could never do that. You already have a story that's stopping you. And I know both of us have gone through that big time. Actually, I got a story I'll, I'll tell in a second, but. It was interesting that you say like all these steps to go through, but you get stopped. I'm, I'm involved right now in a communications course. I, I purchased it online. We talked a bit about it, actually. And just because I want to become a far better presenter and speaker and communicator than I am, not so much in my technical knowledge, but more speaking in general with different people. And there was this very interesting, we'll call it lesson or um, activity that this gentleman had people go through. And it was turn around and change 23 things on your body in 15 seconds, and then turn and face your partner and see how many of them they can change. And when they turned around, these people tried to get as many as they could in there, but most people couldn't, and they felt overwhelmed that it was a lot. He said, okay, this time you're gonna turn around, you're just gonna do one thing different in 15, in 15 seconds, then turn back. And he had everyone turn around, do one thing different, then go back. And people saw that was much easier. And the whole point of his activity here was that it's much easier just to focus on one thing at a time and do that one thing well and get that done and then move on to the next step. But if you just say, to get from here to here, there's 50 steps, it's overwhelming. But if we say, to get from here just to the next step, you've just got to do this one or two things, all of a sudden it becomes way more digestible. And so sometimes if you do get stuck in your narrative, whatever that might be, it might just look like pick the one thing right now that's going to move you forward that you can do in this moment and then go do it. Because here is, for me at least, where the gold is, is that if you really want to change your framing and your worldview, you have to look at your successes and the actions that you took and examine them and see that you have changed or see that you are different. I can't look right now back at myself and say that I'm not successful in my career anymore because I charge more than the average trainer here in town by 40 or $50 more. And my, my client schedule is continuously full, barring the illness that I talked about. I consistently do 25 to 30 hours a week. So right now, I, those pity parties don't even come to my mind anymore. I never think to myself, I'm not good at my job or, or I'm not doing very well. I was like, nope, the proof is in the pudding because look, it's been like this for the past year. And so strong recommendation if you're in that spot where you're having a hard time pulling yourself out of wherever you are to do the next thing, you just think about what's the one thing I can do right now to move myself in that direction, and you go do it. You just go do it. And then if you do that every day and you have those small little successes, that perpetual success will have you change your framework. Because on a deep subconscious level, you're reconditioning and rewiring your nervous system to look at things and see things differently. And anyone who's a life coach or anyone who's a psychiatrist will tell you the same thing, is changing the way you see the world and change the way you feel and change the way you act is a series of small successes that you have continuously over time that's going to lead you to that spot. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. I, I want to share a bit of a story with you guys to kind of help with something that I kind of struggle with and how I kind of get through it. When I was, uh, I mean, I've consistently been a pretty young person to do the things that I do. 
And when I was in Portugal, I was presenting, I had a couple people come and say, how old are you? I can't tell how old you are because you speak, like you seem like you're so much older, but you could be young, but I'm not so sure. I told them my age and they were like, wow, I can't believe you're doing it at this age. I did a post on social media yesterday and I'll add why this is important. And it was, uh, I said that running a business is a lot like a forest fire. And the reason why I say that is if you, if you go to Alberta right now, Calgary, there's these gigantic forest fires where there's huge, hundreds of acres are being burned, maybe thousands. And you go out there, if you watch the firefighters, right? Most of the firefighters are actively not doing a tremendous amount. Like they're not putting out tons and tons of fires, right? They have major, huge, gigantic fires that are taking gigantic hillsides down, but they spend more time working around the fires that are going to destroy a series of homes, right? There's four homes in the middle of the mountains and they're trying to protect those more small fires around them than that gigantic raging fire. And that might seem counterintuitive, but truthfully, you have to focus on the things that are going to affect you and your business the most, right? There are always, like Glenn said, 23 or a thousand things that you could do to try and make changes in your world. But in reality, focusing on the one, two, or three things that are in your immediate future that are limiting your success exponentially are where you have to put your attention. And so here's why I bring that up. I don't know how many people know this. I don't know how you think of me if you hear me speaking, but I have had a lot of very negative things said about me in the last several years. I have been called uh, a hater. I've been called a thief. I've been told that the way I do things is not ethical. I have been told countless things without getting extremely specific that don't make me feel good. I don't like it. But what I will say, despite the guys around here being aware of those negative things that I experience from time to time, I will say that as much as I don't like them and I don't like the way they make me feel, I never let them take away from my actions in my business. And I never let them take away or stop me from moving forward towards my goals. They are a forest fire and they are burning down my friend's house and it sucks. I don't like seeing that. It makes me sad. But at the end of the day, I, I'm still in the middle of a burning fire. I still have got things I got to focus on because even though my friend's house just burnt down and it makes me sad, I have to focus on the next community. And the reason why I bring this up is because it's extremely easy or could be easy for me to have one of these negative experiences. Someone tell me that I've stolen a bunch of information and have it destroy me and start get, getting sad, go in the corner, cry and stop working hard. But reality, I know, and I know that everyone that's listening to this reason why I say this is because if you consistently work hard and put the energy in and you have done the fact checking and the energy and you put everything to do everything as positively, ethically, and hard work as you can, you can do incredible things. And you will always have negative things that will pop up. Like Glenn said, he's reached a level of success that he has never reached before. He had one week where he saw a gigantic drop of that success. And it's easy to go, oh my gosh, what's wrong? What have I done wrong? But it was out of his control and that happens. And what he do? Worked on something else and moved on to the next thing. So here's why I say all this. You have the entire control in front of you. You are the firefighter of the fire fighting the mountain fire. And you can figure out what you're going to put out to make sure people stay safe or you can get distracted. But I want you to succeed, so make it rain. I think that one of the things that happens when you become more and more successful is that the people who wish they had your level of success start I guess the word is hating. You get haters. And I think you, Brandon, just happen to have some haters because of your level of success, right? And that's going to happen with anyone. You know, even if you are, you know, the best trainer at a big box gym, 
there are still people who are going to be other trainers who are going to probably talk behind your back because they're envious and they don't like your level of success. I mean, one of the best analogies I can give is, uh, is going to a hairdresser. When I first moved to my house, where I am now, I needed a place to get my hair cut and I needed one badly. And I didn't know where to go. So I booked an appointment at this random salon and I went there and I sat down in this chair and for the next 30 minutes, A, I got the worst haircut of my life, but B, I just heard people complain and I was in, I was in a, people complain and lie and just say things that were outrageous about other people that weren't there. And the reason these people do such things, and it made me feel so icky, is because their lives are so small and they're so unhappy that the only way they can make themselves feel okay is to start tear down other people. That's why people love picking on celebrities, because if these people are so great and so amazing, have faults, well, that must mean I'm at the same level as them. And so to your point, Brandon, I, I know you've shared some of the stuff that people have said about you, and, and I've had, likewise, these people say things about me, about who I am as a human being. And, and, uh, and on, the verge of, um, on the verge of threatening me with physical harm, it gives me goosebumps just to say it, because that's, that's really, is, is, it, got, it, got that, it got that far. And at this point, because we know who we are and we know how ethically we do things with the morals that we have and we know what we stand for and we've got the proof that we're not those people, it's very easy to let those things roll off our shoulders. And so haters are gonna hate whether you are the best trainer at a gym or you go from being the best trainer at a gym to open up your own spot or you are the owner of a gym and then you hire on more people and you get more success and then you start an online marketing program and you do other coursework, you get even more successful, you can be easier and easier target. I will, I will end on this. Billionaires, millionaires, they get sued all the time because they have money, they do. At any given time, I'm sure Jeff Bezos has uh, 10, 15, 20 people suing him. But that's what happens when you get that level of success. People want a piece of the pie they didn't necessarily earn because it makes them feel better and they feel entitled to it or they feel bad about themselves. What are you gonna do? You keep working on yourself, you keep being as moral and ethical as you can be, and those things become a thing of a past because you just have all the proof that you're not that kind of person. And that's why the actions are so effing important is because if you have the actions and your success shows you have those actions and you've got the proof, those emotional things in your logical brain, they can't hold. And then you move forward with your life. I love it, man. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I think that's a great place for us to put a pin in this. Mm -hmm. And I will say this to everyone that's listening, set your goals. Ask yourself why you've not achieved those things. Be real with yourself. Write down everything you possibly can and start punching those things in the face and just go forward. Because truthfully, like Glenn said, every little step forward you make will be a small step forward towards your success, but also reprogramming how you actually think and interpret your world and help you to go forward more faster. But Glenn, what's your pick of the week? I had one more thing I wanted to. Oh. I had one. More, I know, I know. You always transition so well. Uh, the one thing I. Oh my gosh! And now I'm losing it. The one thing I want to add on there, right? Is you. You. By the way, you're also a human being, and you're allowed to have emotions. I don't want anyone to trip. But what we're saying here is that to have emotions is bad, and to not feel good is uh is something you shouldn't be feeling. Like inherently, if you didn't have some kind of like negative feelings in your life, 
you wouldn't have the impetus to pull yourself forward. We need the carrot and the stick. I think what we're both saying here is that if you're not feeling very good, find actions to take to make yourself feel better and to feel good and to build those deep neurological connections that shows that you're not those things that you may think you are. At the end of the day, if you're having a negative sensation, it's just your body giving you an opportunity to learn something new about yourself to move forward. So with that in mind, uh, my pick of the week is going to be, drum roll please, da -da 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 -da. I'll be honest, I don't have anything. I'm trying to think of something on the spot. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with this, I'm gonna go with this. Uh, I'm so, I flubbed it, I flubbed it. Guys, but I'm not gonna make myself feel bad for it. I am involved in a online communications course right now. It's called the Vin Stage Academy. I'm really, really enjoying it. The reason I'm taking it is because I do love presenting. I do love communicating. And we've talked about this on the podcast a couple times before, but I'm gonna say it again right now because I think it's such a huge, crucial piece. If you are a very strong communicator, and you can connect well with people, I think that you will have a very successful business. Because when you have strong communication skills and you can explain the things technically that you want to people, that means that you have a strong understanding technically of that information and you're gonna use it well in your sessions with people, but also it means that you can go in and talk to people and communicate with people and find clients right away. Brandon will tell you that he's, uh, for our business, just randomly talking to people at daycare or preschool or out and about, as brought three different leads in. One person came in yesterday uh, as a yoga instructor at a local studio and we chat and she's coming back in for a uh, uh, report session uh, with me and she was already asking about bringing her mother here with dementia, see if we can work together and, and all that kind of stuff. And that wouldn't have happened if Brandon was an expert communicator. So I think working on her communication presentation skills, the one I'm doing right now is Vin Stage Academy, which I really enjoy. Uh, and so my pick of the week is going to be working and practicing your communication skills through some kind of framework so that you've got a way to measure and a way to progress yourself and take those actions. Brandon, throw it over to you. Pick of the week. Uh, mine is actually a pick of the week that Glenn chose a while ago, but I'm just late to the horn. Uh, mine is actually transitioning all of my work to digital platforms. Uh, to be quite honest with you, it has taken me a while uh, years ago, our friend Curtis Clay transitioned uh, his entire stuff to online. Uh, I know Glenn made the transition about a year and a half ago, I think, maybe? Yeah, like two or three years. Two or three years ago. Yeah. Uh, and I've been sitting on the pot because I've been afraid of making that transition, to be quite honest. But I'll say this, that streamlining it and getting everything going uh, has been absolutely game-changing. Uh, it's actually got me really inspired. I've started creating a bunch of my own note papers because I can just know how to do it a little bit better now. And we got into the place where I actually was using this in Portugal, showing people my pro, the gross motor profile stuff I teach with our uh, potentiation stuff. Anyway, I'll say this. Uh, transitioning to digital has been absolutely fantastic. Uh, even if you don't, you put your files there, there are anatomy apps that you can get that I used to use years ago that really get deep into all the different muscular and skeletal attachments that you can peel layers off and you can add muscle layers. And I'll show you this after. Yeah. And it's really, really great. And it's been a lot of fun because you get a TV in your office and you plug this in, you can show people in a really great detailed way uh, exactly what's going on. So mine will be a digital transition. I will say this, Apple has made so many different products. Uh, this is the cheapest iPad I could get that used the Apple Pencil. It's the iPad Air 4 refurbished with the Pencil. 
it's still not cheap, but I'll say this, it's way cheaper than getting these iPad Pros that are $1,000, and it's been absolutely fantastic. I encourage everyone to do it. It gives me more desk space, makes me happy. I'm uh, I'm really happy about it. So, Glenn, I appreciate your endorsement to oh, help make that happen. Huge endorsement, and I think for me, just a time saver of not having to print out paper, put paper in there, all that kind of stuff. It's it's a, it's a quick copy and paste to put all your client notes into one day over 20 seconds, then you just go off to the races, and instead of having to fiddle through, looking through all the different papers to find an exact date, you can look up and say, May 26, May this, May that. You can label things, like I did assessment on this day. It becomes a lot easier for organization, I think, in the long term. So I'm, like, I'm a big fan of it. I'm glad you did it. I think a lot of people here are transitioning to the virtual thing. I know Eric did too, yep. Josh did. So a lot of different people are starting to get on that virtual train, and I think it is the future. Everyone, this is the Fitness Pro Mentors Podcast, the Minds on Muscle Show. Thanks so much for listening. And uh, Glenn and I have fun doing this once every two weeks. Please uh, think about your story. Don't get limited by it. And if you're thinking about scaling your business, let us know. We have a much more affordable way to get into our mentorship program that I'm super excited about. But for now, we'll see you in two. Thank you, everybody. Bye, everybody.